Chris Merrill, Joe Heisinga. It's the Chris and Joe Show. Afternoons 2 to 4 on KTAR News. Hey, that's us. I'm Chris Merrill. He's Joe Heisinga. A uh, fancy voice person uh, describing our program there, Joe. It's nice of them to do that. We've got uh, partisan politics abound us. This is not a surprise to anyone that uh, politics in America has become very partisan, right? Everybody's uh, on their own side. We had a story that, that came up last week, and uh, Mike Broom had actually had Clint Hickman on. Clint is uh, on the Board of Supervisors, and uh, he says, uh, I'm not running again. And the big issue is... Well, he says he, he says he says they didn't drive him out, but how how can it not be part of the deal? He says bad behaviors are driving the best and keeping them away from giving their service to this community. And when he said that, uh, that really set off a red flag in my mind. Why is that? Because if we have the best people who aren't willing to do the job that serves the most people, we have a real issue in in a. In a a country where the foundation of our entire existence is that it's by the people, for the people, of the people, right? No, I I like to have people in office who can see more than just one perspective. They can see the forest through the trees, and they'll act in the best interest of all, but they're not beholden to any one side. And what I liked so much about Clint Hickman and Bill Gates is I feel like when the temperature in the room got the loudest and the hottest, I guess temperature doesn't really get loud, does it? I like it, though. Okay. When when the temperature in the room gets the hottest, they were still level-headed, and they tried to bring it down, and they were just level-headed about things. And I feel like they acted in a way that was in the best interest of all of the county, not just perhaps some with special interests. So Bill Gates has said he's he's not going to run again, Board of Supervisors. Hickman says he's out as well, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is what Hickman said when he was talking with Mike Broomhead uh, on, I think it was on Friday, he was talking about this. Oh, and once again, hey, uh, producer Pablo, just, um, I think we talked about this before, but let's just make sure that I don't have any control over anything because I can't get the technology right. Okay? I was working on it over here, and I, I was ready to that. fire some of it off, but you, you were over there, I and it looked like you had full control of yourself not, today. No, listen, listen, let me tell you something. I hit 40, mm. and technology just stopped working for me. I used to, it used to baffle me as older people couldn't figure out technology, then I realized that technology is bias. You hit 40, and it's all downhill. Here's what he had to say. Bad behaviors are driving the best and keeping them away from giving their service to this community. And um, but but they didn't drive me out, which is great. I'm glad that they didn't drive him out. I think in part, I think the truth is they kind of did. He says he's getting out for his family. But don't kid yourself when when you get a voicemail from somebody who says, quote, you're going to die, you piece of expletive. We're going to hang you. We're going to hang you. That doesn't make you wake up in the morning and go, oh, guess what I want to do? I want to go to work tomorrow. I love dealing with these people. At some point, though, Joe, I don't think you've experienced this yet, have you? You haven't gotten a death threat oh, for your job. Have you gotten a death yes, threat? I have. A couple a couple of years ago. Not not me personally. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. No, when the election got, you know, really nasty, Real 2022. Hairy? Oh yeah, there there would be people who would call up my personal line here at work and say 
very rude and crude things. Sometimes in the middle of the night, I would walk in and I would get voicemails. I'd be like, who called me at three in the morning? And I'd go back and listen to these things. And I was just like, that was creepy. Were they laying out how they were going to kill you? Because to me, it's the specificity. If it's just you're ruining this country and somebody ought to do something about you, that's that's a vague threat. It was a lot of that. And then it would just it would be somewhat darker than that. Honestly, I tried okay. to move past it and put it out of my mind. But there were one or two that I remember when I listened to them. Nothing that I was ever like, gosh, I need to go to the cops with this. It's yeah. very specific. They know where I live, anything like that. But it was dark enough that I was like, mm, that made me feel uncomfortable. So that to me is it's funny from this perspective is receiving the death threats like you blow off some of this stuff because you realize it's just somebody that needed a vent. Right. You get that. Yeah. Somebody just think, having a bad day. I think it's probably the case with Hickman getting the voicemail. Like you said where they said we're going to hang you. Right. That's very specific. The fact that they said something so specific to me lends credence to it. Well, and Gates got out because he said it was he had felt had PTSD. Going on. Which is crazy. Just from trying to serve people. No. Death threat I got that I took seriously, and I've had a few of those that are really bad, was somebody... That means you're doing a great job. Well, yeah, there. right, right. Somebody told me that they were going to throw acid on my face. Oh. Yeah, I thought they were... And they were so specific, they said it was a Polar Pop cup full of acid that they were going to... And I was like, wow. Well, that's <laughs> if I ever really see a Polar Pop cup, right. I'm running the other way. Really specific on that one, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess they didn't want to. They didn't want to spring for the Seven Eleven Slurpee cup. They wanted to go with the the cheaper Polar Pop cup. So, what concerns me the most about this, Joe, is that not only do we have uh, uh, Gates Hickman, who I respect, even in even in those times I disagree with them, I've respected some of the more moderate, respected voices, people who, again, when. Some of the craziest stuff's going on around them. They say, hey, let's take the temperature down here a little bit. But I always felt like I understood why they voted a certain way. Mm, even if you didn't agree with that. Even if I didn't agree with it, I thought, okay, I, I can follow their logic. They showed their work. Yeah, they showed their work. Is that important? It's very important. It's all about the why, Joe, which is what we do in our show, right? It's like, here's why we feel this way. And I always felt like they were... Genuine with me. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't always agree with it. I didn't always think I, I, I might have thought that was the dumbest reason ever. But at least it was a reason. Well, isn't that also valuable, too? Like, you don't always want to sit there. Can you imagine how boring it would be if you went to dinner and every single time it was like, I agree. That's a great point. I agree. Great. Part yeah, of life true. is having some disagreement, being able to volley back and forth like we do at the end of the show. Right. It's the flavor of life. Share some different viewpoints with respect. So now the good people who are willing to 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 listen to others, to consider perspectives and to share with people their own, mm-hmm. no longer want to run for, for office. According to Hickman, here's what he was telling Mike Broomhead. Good people now that I've asked to run, good people that I would love to see provide public service by elected positions, they're seeing this and they're staying away from public service in the elected roles, much less you know, working elections. Good people are staying away from elected roles. Mm-hmm. That's a problem in this country. And who do we blame for that? I mean, it doesn't come down to the elected officials. It comes down to the people that are throwing temper tantrums. They're getting angry. They're making death threats in the middle of the night. And if they're not making death threats, they're just screaming. Mm-hmm. For what? Why are they screaming? Why are they throwing these temper tantrums? This is what I keep coming back to as I try to understand somebody else's perspective. Mm-hmm. And it frustrates me because I oftentimes think it's really easy for me to dismiss and just name call. 
right? It's really easy for me to say they're doing it because they're idiots. That doesn't that doesn't explain anything. All that does is excuse me from having to think. I think that might be a symptom, but that's not why they're doing it. Even if it were a symptom, I should be smart enough to say, yeah. oh, I think maybe there's a lack of education. Maybe no, we need to evaluate the education. To just slap a label on somebody I and they're, agree. they're doing it because they're not smart enough. Okay, and if that is the case, then that tells me, all right, if, if I think somebody's not smart enough, maybe we need to focus on an educational issue so that future generations don't. But if I just dismiss it as calling somebody a moron. Doesn't help anything. Doesn't help, doesn't fix anything, doesn't get me closer to anything else. Mm-hmm. So, Joe, I want to ask the why, and you tell me. Mm-hmm. Here's our what's the why today. Why are so many people angry? Why are they calling Hickman why are they giving Bill Gates PTSD? Board of Supervisors. We're not talking. We're not even talking about representatives and senators. We're talking about Board of Supervisors. Mm-hmm. Why? We get outrage at town hall meetings. We get threats at school board meetings. The anger is boiling over. So, Joe, I'd like to ask you, what's the why? Next on the Chris and Joe Show, KTAR News. and Joe show. I'm Chris Merrill. He's Joe Azinga. What's the why? Clint Hickman says that the bad behaviors are driving the best and keeping them away from doing their service to this community. He said good people don't even want to be in office anymore. In fact, he was talking to Mike Broomhead just last week. Good people now that I've asked to run, good people that I would love to see provide public service by elected positions, they're seeing this and they're staying away from public service in the elected roles, much less, you know, working elections. I should point out that Hickman says he's not going to give anybody the satisfaction of thinking they chased him away from office. Yeah, he was doing this. He wanted to spend more time with his family, his kids. But he certainly identifies the problem. And Bill Gates, another uh, supervisor in the in the, the county, says he's not running for re-election, that he may have suffered from post-traumatic stress disorder after being subjected to harassment and threats over the county's elections. We are at a, at a moment in time as a society, I think we've lost our minds. And we're angry. And so I wanted to kind of ask you, Joe, why, we'll, we'll dive into the what's the why here, why are we as a society so angry right now? I have theories, but I want, I want to listen more than I want to talk. Yeah, I, it doesn't happen very often. I usually go to the Burger King theory of we live in a society now where everybody thinks that they can have it their way. So it, it essentially comes down to greed. Where I want oh, it my way, and if I, it's like the little kid in the sandbox, or who has all the toys, well, I see that toy, I want that toy, I want it that way, and you get really angry about it. Like, if you want somebody to vote a certain way, and they don't do it, you're going to get PO'd at them, and you're going to let them hear it. And you, and we go to anger, we lash out using anger, is what you're saying, we use that as our emotion of expression? Yeah, because, you know, we think that this is what's best for, you know, our school, our county, our city, our state, our country, whatever it is. And when we don't see it happening, we get ticked. So I love that. I think that's brilliant, especially when you said that you thought it ultimately comes down to greed. It's I want something, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I was... Because um, think about the way life is now. I mean, again, you can get your Whopper with anything you want on it. Sure. Social media, you can say whatever the heck you want these days. Right. Nobody's going to stop you. Go, you go to the keyboard, you just fire it off well, out there. Yeah. Depending on your job, I suppose, because like I, you know, I, you and I don't get to say. What Why we do want. you think people come up with burner accounts? I don't have one. Don't get I. No, do not come up. No burner account. No, cross that off. Burner no, no account. No, I I know that Maris Carroll is you 
don't get any ideas. Can I confess something before I get into my what's the why? I have a burner account. <laughs> that does not surprise me at all. But I do not. Here's what might surprise you the most. All I do is follow like puppies and nature scenes. <laughs> you embarrassed to just do that things. stuff under your own name? Um, kind of. Yeah, oh. kind of. No, you know what it is? It's that the algorithm then learns on the burner account mm. not to put any other crap in there. Mm-hmm. So all I get is nice stuff. It's just puppies and nature. It's a palate cleanser. I get sunsets. I get dolphins. Mm. Imagine if you opened up your social media and all you saw was nice, relaxing stuff. Well, instead, I highly recommend it. We do see a lot of people these days just being fed their line of thought, yes. which oftentimes, you know, begets bigger problems of th- they never see, you know, the other side of things or they never see a more neutral party presenting something. They just have, you know, their source of news du jour sure. feeding them what's going on. Confirmation so bias. Then they, Right. Exactly. Yeah. What, I, what do you think it comes down to if it's not just greed? So I do think like you, I think anger is the is the symptom. I think anger is is the way that we emote whatever it is that's going on. We have like a Yoda thing going on again today. With, mm, it's greed. It's greed bad. Mm. What, what else? Bro? I think it's the other driving motivation. I, I had a, an investor tell me years ago that there are two emotions that motivate people, fear and greed. And so you think greed is motivating people. I think it's fear. That's dark. So greed and fear are the sure. only two things that are motivating yeah, people. Let me let me uh, let me say this in a different so way. Fear. You've got the carrot or stick, mm. right? Or when we talk about immigration, yeah, but the carrot is good. The stick is bad. Well, greed means I want something. Okay. Right. You t- tend to think of greed as, as greedy, being a, though, as bad. One of the seven deadly and sins. Fear or whatever, also right? not great too. Uh, think about the immigration debate. We talk about the push versus the pull. Mm-hmm. Right. The push is I'm scared of something back home. The pull is there's something better for me across the border. So how is it fear? So I think it's fear, and that is people are scared. That they're scared, and they're lashing out. And I think that's natural because we have this fight, flight, or freeze, mm-hmm. right? I think this is all very basal instincts that we go back to. I think the fears come because somebody has convinced them of an existential threat. That's one thing. Politicians or they've say, convinced themselves of it. Or, and I think sometimes they see the world changing and change can be scary. Oh, please. Scares people all the time. Of course it does. And so if you have somebody who says... Imagine you've got a very well-spoken politician. By the way, this is very neutral. So if you're trying to read into it, you're just you're projecting whatever your thoughts are. You're wasting your time. Yeah. So imagine you've got a politician that says, "This is changing, and it's changing because so and so did this. And if you elect me, I can fix the problem. But if you don't elect me, terrible things will befall you and your family and this country that you love." How many times do we see culture wars? They're taking Christ out of Christmas. Oh my gosh. The savior of all eternity is being is being threatened? Of course I'm afraid of that. Mm-hmm. Of course I'm going to take up arms in a culture war in order to defend that thing, right? Whether it's true or not, it activates that fear instinct in us. And Oddly enough, elected officials, in a way, kind of bring this on themselves. So you have elected officials that are like, everyone's being such a... It's what gets them elected. It gets them elected. When you said what you were saying, it's funny how you said, I'm not trying to do anybody in particular. Uh But I immediately first thought of Obama. You used used the word 
change. Uh-huh. And then I sure. thought of Trump at another point on the polar opposite because of some some of the language you used too. And I thought like, wow, he's kind of mixing two of our, our most recent That's why you I know, say you <laughs> big time elected officials. And and you did it so well too of those those guys got elected and one of the big reasons why was because they were captivating. They rallied Very. the country and got people behind them with their words. So in in both cases, both uh, and, and I love that you're we're going to we're going to go with the 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 uh, the communist Obama and the fascist Trump. OK, I'm being intentionally uh, divisive in this mm-hmm. case. Obama pitched hope and change. Trump said, we're going to make America great again. And in both cases, what they said is what we're doing now is bad. Let's change it, which is exactly what their bases want to hear and exactly the opposite of what their their naysayers want to hear because change is scary unless it's change that's going to benefit me, and then change is good, right? So I think that comes back to your greed um, hypothesis. Mine is I think there's a lot of fear, a lot of existential threats, and they're, they're, they're activating their well, fight or flight. To your point, too, change is tricky. It, it doesn't oh, just, gosh, and it, yeah. especially when you're talking about elected officials, it doesn't just happen... You know, the simple way that they lay it out. There's so, a lot of layers you've got to go through. If you are somebody that cares about your community, and I'm assuming that if you're listening to KTAR, you do because you want to be informed. What is the biggest thing keeping you from running for office? And it doesn't necessarily have to be either of the, the things that we just discussed. But what is the biggest thing keeping you from throwing your hat in the ring? 602-277-KTAR. 602-277-5827 is that number. What's the biggest thing keeping you from running for office? We'll get your phone calls on that next. With people lashing out because they're either scared of change or they're unwilling to accept that they might not get everything they ever wanted. Some people bear the brunt, but they're not always the elected officials. You've probably witnessed this before. That's next. Chris and Joe Show, KTAR News. Chris and Joe, afternoons 2 to 4 on KTAR News 92.3 and the KTAR News app. The Chris and Joe Show. I'm Chris. He's Joe. This is our show. The Board of Supervisors are going to see two vacancies, right? All. All, all of vacancies. The, all okay. of the spots will be open, but in particular... Well, uh, two Clint, people are not running for Clint re-election. Hickman and Bill Gates have said, you know More what, I'm not going to try to get my spot back. I'm, I'm done. One PTSD in Bill Gates' case said, this is just way too much. And Clint Hickman said, hey, the crazies, they may want to take credit for driving me out. That's really not all of it, but there is some silly season going on here. And it makes me wonder if if you have people who are pretty moderate, I think we can agree both these guys are pretty moderate. Mm-hmm. Is that fair to Level-headed say? Level-headed guys. Level-headed guys. And uh, the the unleavened uh, heads, can I say unleavened heads? You just did. Okay. The unleavened heads are, are chasing them away. Who do the unleavened heads vote for in the future? I know Debbie Lesko is is going to run for uh, board of supervisor now. Is that going to make people happy? They go, well, listen, she's a little further. I mean, if we take a look at her voting record when she was in D.C., she's a little further to the right. Is that going to make the, the unleavened heads happier? Uh, or is that going to bring out the people from the other side that are going to get angrier now? Right. In other words, are we in a downward spiral? Is this what it's going to happen? Is this just the way the world that we're in now? I definitely think we are in dark times right now. Hmm. And, you know, you and I talk all the time about the pendulum and where we're at. Yeah. But but I also asked you, you know, before the show kicked off of like, hey, what's the hope out there? And and I, I really liked what you had to say about the hope. And though it may not be super hopeful to some, you said, 
uh, sometimes it's the darkest before the dawn, right? Yeah, you said that this this is probably the darkest time, which makes me think, hey, it only is going to get better from here. It's kind of like, you know, we, we mentioned Obama earlier. He was pitching hope and change. And Reagan was so good with mourning in America. I think that Americans are, I don't know if we're ready for it quite yet, but at some point we're going to be starved to say, give me the politician that will make things better. Not the politician that's going to continually peddle in rage, mm-hmm. but will actually try to make things better. So I guess my question then is, who's that person? Is that person going to come forward? What is, if you're somebody who's a civic-minded individual, and if you're listening to the show, you probably are, what's the biggest thing that is keeping you from running for office? Let's, uh, let's check with David. David is in Phoenix first. David, you're not running for office. What's the biggest thing stopping you from doing that? Uh, yeah. Profo- profound, profound. Yeah. David, try one more time with that. Your your phone broke up on us a little bit there. Why is that? I think a lot of politicians would be afraid of what I do. Politicians would be afraid of what you would do. Do you like how I did <laughs> yeah. deciphered that? Chris? I do, I do. Mm-hmm. I feel like they would call, like they would call David, and then he would try to talk to them, and it would drive them mad. I can speak broken phone, <laughs> David. What would you do We're to politicians? You to a good place, David. Go ahead. <laughs> I would do the job correctly. The job description of an elected representative is to represent electorate, not to do whatever you're elected to serve interest, not to serve your own interest. It's that simple. I agree with you, David. Thanks for the call, and and, uh, I think we got enough out of it. I agree with David, except that I think if you were to ask anyone who's in office right now, are you doing what's in the best interest of the people? Of course. Of course I am. Are you doing what's in your own best interest? No, I'm serving the people. They would all say the same thing. I'm doing what I was elected to do. We just disagree on what that looks like. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mike, also in Phoenix. Hopefully uh, Mike's got a little bit better phone connection here. Mike, what's stopping you? Good afternoon, guys. Hey, buddy, what's uh, what's stopping you from running for office? Well, for me, well, just let me real quick, let me go back up. I've known Bill Gates for 20 years and the accusations that were leveled against him in this last election, completely unfounded and completely... BS. But okay. anyways, um, I, for me, it's the money. I just I just physically can't afford to, to pay that kind of amount of money to be able to run and get my name out there. And I and then I have another problem is that I'm probably not electable because I have this problem. I tell people the truth and tell them what I actually think. So <laughs> ah, it, it, yeah, it, it probably makes me unelectable because I'll piss everybody off. No, I'm OK with that. So the war chest, though, is the first deterrent, though. And then and that yeah. pesky thing, the truth, gets in the way, Mike. Yeah, but Mike, no, no, no. What Mike Absolutely. is saying, Mike, you're just you're a plain spoken guy, right? So the the question I, is, I think so. You're a plain spoken guy who's going to say what you think. Are you willing to hear somebody else speaking the same way that disagrees with you, or does it turn into absolutely? Uh, okay, that's great. Absolutely, because I think that if you if you're not willing to tell people the truth and listen to what they have to say, then nothing is ever going to be accomplished because people are just going to be constantly spewing their rhetoric line and and then there's no there's no room for wiggle there's no yeah. there's no room to compromise i agree with you i agree thanks mike i think that was really well said so by mike too. to mike's point though how many people do you know that you can that you can talk to that you can speak plainly to that are receptive to it and it, let me give you an example here joe i actually um i, I don't mean to compliment you this much in one show <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I'm sure we, we do have a second hour coming up but here. This is, You'll find ways to take it back. You're very good at it. You and I have had hard conversations about radio in general, and we uh-huh. disagree on certain things, but I always feel like I like you respect my opinion, and I respect yours. Yeah. The other one is our boss. I like how you weaved yourself into the compliment of me. That was very humble That's of how you. it's done. Our boss is somebody I've known for a while, and he is somebody that does not He doesn't mince words. Like, it is going to be this way. Straight talker. But also, I always felt like I could talk straight to him, too. Yeah. Right? And so I appreciated that. That's important. That's why I asked Mike, are you willing to listen to somebody else who disagrees with you that's going to tell you like it is? Dude, that do as I say, not as I do stuff drives me nuts. Isn't that nutty? Like, if you're going to tell someone something... I tell this to the people who I've managed all the time. I am never going to ask you to do something that I haven't done yeah. or that I don't believe you could do or I could do. The other one that that is concerning to me is we have a number of people who have an opportunity to start running for office at lower level positions. I mean, in other words, you're not going to start running uh, for president, right? Unless you're, unless you're a billionaire. So lower maybe than like can. Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, even yeah. like, like a school board, maybe? School board is a great example of where to start. You know, maybe you're running for a township clerk or something like that. But I, a school board is great. But then <laughs> we saw the madness that was going on during the pandemic at the school board and and I and I understand people being passionate about their points of view, but it turned into hostility toward teachers and administrators. And now I wonder, we had a story up on our website at KTAR.com headline, Arizona public schools struggle to fill teaching positions as leaders brainstorm school staffing solutions. Well, why is anybody going to want to be a teacher when they've just witnessed what's going on for the last four years with the way that people teach? Treat teachers. Yeah, 7,500 teaching positions have been vacant since the beginning of uh, 2023. Over 82% are either still vacant or were filled by people who don't meet the required teaching qualifications. Think about that oh, for a second. Oh, we lowered the too. bar. Yeah. So you're a teacher. You don't meet the requirements, but we're going to let you teach anyway. Because we don't have anybody else to do it. All right. It could be good news for some teachers who may be about to lose their jobs. We'll tell you which district may see a culling that is next on the Chris and Joe Show, KTAR News. Chris Merrill, Joe Heisinga, Chris and Joe Show, KTAR News. Teachers are... Um, in short supply. You know, last week, Joe, we talked about nurses being in short supply. I would contend that part of the reason that teachers are in short supply, as well as administrators, is that they don't want to deal with people anymore. In fact, we had an article up at KTAR News that talked about uh, the number of teachers who are teaching but would not recommend anybody else take the job. Like, I love teaching. I'm going to spend my whole career teaching. Should I be a teacher? No, 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 no. So riddle me this then, Chris. Please. Uh, One of the trees I killed today takes us out to Mesa and the state's largest school district, which happens to be Mesa. They might have to cut 400 positions next year. Teacher positions, by the way. Yeah. So how is it that Arizona has a public school, like a public school, public teaching shortage? Yeah. And yet Mesa is saying, you know what? We're going to need to cut a few hundred more of you. Yeah, that's because there's not enough money. They don't have enough money. Look. And we don't, so we don't have enough teachers and we don't have enough money. So the solution is just get rid of some of the teachers. Yes. Because we don't have enough money. Look. So what? Just pack 
60 kids is, into a class? It is not a new argument. We all knew this was going to happen. Look, we had red for Ed, right? We had the streets were lined with teachers all wearing red saying, we deserve more. We had the legislature that suspended a constitutional amendment to not pay teachers for like 10 years. You don't need raises. It's no surprise that there wasn't enough money. And now we get, remember uh, Governor Ducey says, ah, we'll sell a little bit of public land. We'll find some money. We'll get some raises. And now here we are a couple of years later and there's just still not enough money. I It doesn't come as a surprise to me because there was so much argument over charter school, school choice, all that stuff. And I made, uh, publicly, I made a, a an argument in the past. I said, listen, if you're taking money from the public schools in order to give it to the private sector, you're not going to have the same quality in either place. You're not, the public schools still have to operate the same number of buildings. They still have to have staff. Now they don't have as much money coming in because you've taken some of that money and you've put it in the private sector. And the private sector, maybe they're going to spend that money more wisely. Maybe they're going to spend it differently, but it's still not going to be the best education that's provided because now you've split the money to too many different sources. So that's why I think they're short. The good news is for these teachers that may be about to lose their jobs, and I hope that they don't. There's other jobs out there's there. There's plenty of other jobs out there, yeah. It's, I mean, there's a shortage that goes on. So with Mesa, enrollment numbers are expected to cost the district about $12 million in state funding. And the end of COVID relief is expected to cost about $7 million. So to make up for the shortfall, the district is looking at getting rid of 385 positions. About 200 teaching positions could be cut, along with almost another 200 what I would call support staff. They call them classified positions. So that includes yeah. your front office staff, your bus drivers, other non-teaching jobs. Although they say, but, but probably not bus drivers because we need bus drivers. Look... We want better education. We want better resources for our kids. We just don't want to pay for it. And I don't know how you find the middle ground on that. Maybe we need to have some smart elected officials willing to listen to all different sides, and yet they don't want to do that. And that's what uh, Chris is in Chandler. And uh, Chris, we asked the question earlier, if you are a civic-minded individual, what is the biggest thing that is stopping you from running for office right now? Um, well, I mean, to preface my first statement and give my answer i'll just say from firsthand experience my dad used to be in arizona politics about 10 years ago and i think what's holding me back is just the mudslinging and seeing his name dragged in the mud over things that were false and not true um i've always wanted to serve in in, in that capacity but i just don't want to bring that onto my family and and society is now allowed uh, these social media warriors to say literally anything um, and do anything. And that's no different on the campaign trail either. It's, it's, I agree. Um, it's, it's hard. And it's, uh, you know, I think, I think that's a big concern for our country is that we've got people who are, you know, willing to step up in, in, in a certain limited capacity, but they won't now because of like what I just said or what yeah. some of the other people had said, they're afraid to speak their mind. And, you know, there's going to be people that disagree with you. But my father always told me, it's like, you can't make everybody happy. No, but not everybody needs to be a jerk about being unhappy either. And I know you're going to have some of those. But again, I think of this at the local level and the school boards, with board of supervisors, school boards. So if if you've got kids and they're considering a career and they're thinking about teaching and they look at the state of teaching right now and they say, I could be a teacher and I could get yelled at because Junior didn't get his A+. Plus, uh and the teacher, the parents are going to say it's my fault, and I'm going to go to the administrator. And the administrator is going to say I can't worry about that right now because I have other teachers yelling at me about another school board policy. Who wants to do that? 
Who wants to be elected in that position? Who wants to follow that career path? I want to hone in on something that Chris said real quick there, too, because he said you can't make everybody happy. To me, it comes back to compromise. You can't make everybody 100% happy, but isn't it better to get something than what we have these days where everybody just argues, well, if I can't get everything, I'd rather have nothing. It's scorched earth, right? It's a, and and it's we are nothing. left with nothing but still anger. And I think it's where... Maybe that's the tipping point, Joe. We saw that happen with the the border suggestions, right? The border policy. And I've heard politicians are like, it just didn't go far enough. And as I've said before, if I'm in the desert and I'm thirsty, I'm going to take whatever drink I can. I'm not going to say, well, that isn't a full glass of water. I'll take whatever water I can get. So is it a border crisis? And if so, every little bit would help, right? Of course. All right. So I'm going to do that. So this is what you're saying. Not everybody can be happy, and yet we're not willing to compromise yeah, for anything. Not everybody can be right? 100% happy. Of course not. But we can all have a little bit of happiness. We can all have some of what we want. And I, I start to think now, we understand why so few people want to run for office, right? And they got to, even at the school boards, you don't want to deal with parents. Teachers, administrators don't want to deal with that kind of stuff. Politicians don't want to deal with angry constituents. Maybe what we need, Joe... Hmm. is more government stepping in to help parents do their jobs. It's always the answer. More government is the solution, Mm -hmm. right? You're going to learn why, once again, more government is probably not better for your kids. That is next up, Chris and Joe Show, KTAR News.